your horse training questions answered. Answered. Welcome to the Carson James Podcast, your weekly boost of horsemanship. No jargon, no fluff, and no BS. Just natural, proven solutions that work. And now, here's Carson James. Hey, and welcome. All right, so the question here is from Jennifer. It says, hey, Carson, my horse came from an abusive background and has a troubled past, uh, acts really skittish, so I try really hard not to do anything to upset him or get him to have thoughts of his past life, but I can't seem to make any progress. It's like no matter what progress I make, if I go back the next day, it's like it never happened. Is there anything I can do to help change this? So, yeah, Jennifer, this is a really good question, and it's one we get asked a whole, whole lot. So there's kind of two things that we're going to talk about here. One is the way you approach trying to get him uh, confident about things. And secondly is uh, how to how to treat a horse that has a troubled past so he starts acting like a horse that does not act like a horse that has a troubled past. So first of all, let's just go over uh, desensitizing or, you know, kind of in the category of building confidence. So anytime a horse is scared or unsure or buddy sour or anything, it's because they're lacking confidence. And the way you build a horse's confidence is by getting to where you can clearly communicate with that horse, uh, just like other horses are so fond of each other because they get comfort and security from each other. But a lot of that reason is because they're really good at communicating with each other. So that's why anytime you see somebody who has a horse that like walk, trot, and lope on a loose rein, a uh, side pass stops really good, well, that horse is also more than likely going to be really good at trailer loading, bathing, being clipped, standing still to be mounted, uh, standing still to be saddled, lunges really pretty, uh, trailer loads well, you know, all that, because it's all kind of connected, you know. But uh, what a lot of people will do, now, for a lot of horses, simply exposing them to something they're kind of unsure of, just kind of doing it will get them over it. But a lot of other horses, probably more so there you have to do it in a way that will stick so like let's say let's say for example your horse is scared of the blanket so you go out you desensitize him to the blanket you see some progress then you go out the next day and it's like the progress never happened so what a lot of people will do is Say you go to walk up to the horse and you start to move the saddle blanket around a little bit. So the horse gets a little bothered and kind of moves sideways. And then the person retreats and makes the blanket go away. We'll see the timing of that is teaching that horse. Yes, that's right. If you are, you know, if you get kind of scared of it and kind of move away from it, it will retreat. So... Then you have the other end of the spectrum where somebody just goes in and throws that blanket real high in the air and makes it make all this noise and they're just going like overload. So that specific horse is not just kind of moving sideways, stepping away from it. He's like 
jumping sideways, rearing up, trying to turn and bolt off and rip the lead rope out of your hand and see, well, what they've done is they've overdone it. Now, the person in that first scenario has underdone it or not really underdone it, but they haven't adjusted to fit the horse. So the way you would go about doing that correctly is you would do just enough to where you saw him start to get a little bit unsure. That could be to where he was kind of tipping his head to the side, kind of leaning away from it, or even kind of going to walk off, in which case you would just keep his nose tipped towards you and kind of let him walk circles around you or whatever. But the key here is that you don't add more, but you also don't do less. So you don't start raising the blanket higher and you don't take it away. And you also wouldn't start shaking it bigger or try to throw it up on his back at that point. You would just keep it right there. Whatever you were doing to get him a little bit unsure, you would just keep it right there. And as he walked to the side or whatever, you would just kind of go with him. And that would kind of show him, hey, moving away from it doesn't make it go away. And when you saw him, when you saw his feet kind of come in there to settle and he stood, you would take it away for, you know, 10, 15 seconds, pet him for a few minutes, and then you would go right back to it. So a lot of horses just simply exposing them to the object won't really get it done. Or if it does, it may not stick or it might, but most horses, especially ones that are kind of goosey and lacking confidence, you have to use some methodology in that, you know, uh, generally people try really hard to like, oh, I don't want to do anything to make him move because I don't want him to move. Well, it's almost better to go in there and be a little bit brazen with that blanket and actually get him to start moving around. And as he's moving around, you just kind of keep it right in there, keep moving it around with him. And then when he kind of finds a place to stand and settle, that's when you take it away. So what you're doing there is you're training him to be brave. You say, hey, dude, the minute you show a little bit of confidence, this thing will go away. So you can train, you know, think of doing this with everything over a period of a year with your horse. Well, you've basically trained his brain to go to a place of bravery and confidence, not avoidance and unsureness. Now, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said with that, too. You know, people can, like, let's say you take somebody that's just really bad at communicating with horses on the ground and in the saddle. They can desensitize that horse to noodles, balloons, tarps, all that stuff that people do until they are blue in the face. And they can do it to the point to where that horse totally ignores all of those objects. But then when you try to do anything with him, he gets real bothered, real unsure, real tense, real spooky, real snorty, real inattentive, real buddy sour, you know, any of that stuff. So then the person feels, you know, kind of betrayed because you, the YouTubes and the Internet said, oh, desensitizing. But you have to remember that desensitizing is just meant to kind of get a horse used to something that he's not real sure of. But in order to have what most people try to get through desensitizing, which is confident horse, you have to be good at communicating. So like you have to get good at getting them to lunch kind of nicely. You have to get good at all these things we do, get good at getting them where they're uh, willing and, you know, want to be caught. So 
the better we get at all of these things, see, you can't be, you can't have a horse that's good at all that stuff and still be a bad communicator. So by the time you get your horse good at all of these things, well, then that's how you kind of automatically know, well, obviously you've gotten pretty good at carrying on a conversation with a horse. So the better we get at that, the more confident the horse is going to get, the more sure he's going to get of all of these things. And from that will come confidence. Also, the more sure he's going to get of the human and his interactions with said human, uh, because they always are done in a way the horse can understand. So remember that desensitizing is not the answer to confidence. Understanding and clear communication is the answer to getting that confident horse. Uh, now, I got off on a little more of a rabbit trail than I was meaning to, and I forgot what the Oh, excuse me, what the second one was that we were going to talk about. Um, oh, wait, actually, that was it. The The part about uh, the human needing to step up to the plate and work on improving their communication. Like when somebody says, my horse is real spooky and inattentive on the ground, by the time we get that person good at doing groundwork with the horse, he's not spooky and inattentive anymore because a horse can't be inattentive if he's focusing on the human uh which they have to do to have any kind of decent groundwork and he can't be spooky if he's real sure about what to do because if he's sure that means he's confident and a horse can't be confident and unsure at the same time so that's a that's a really good kind of wrap up of how you would want to think of these things oh wait that wasn't the second thing the second thing was uh, remember, it's really important that instead of treating him like a horse with an abusive past or kind of subconsciously wearing kid gloves in everything you do with that horse, it's really important for any horse, but especially those ones to take off the cl- the kid gloves. And instead of treating him like he has some kind of, you know, issue with abuse or something like that just treat him like a horse that's kind of wild or like a young colt that hadn't been handled a whole lot and uh sort of kind of within context you kind of go about everything like a oh you're fine get over it kind of attitude and to see to see what i'm talking about uh for those of you that might be just listening and this is your first podcast uh Buckroocrew.com is a website where we've got all these different videos on it, basically. But in there, there's a, a series on cult starting. And this cult is, um, it's like this little sorrel filly horse. And she was pretty goosey. Like, you can get a halter on her and lead her around. But she was, you know, she was kind of wi- She was kind of wiry. So... If you guys were to go in there and watch, you know, over, I don't know, over like a three or four hour period, we go from, uh, you know, jumping up and down beside her, laying across her back to the point of being on her with a saddle loping around the round pin. Go in and kind of watch the approach we take with that. And earlier when I said you kind of go at it like, a, oh, get over it. You're fine. You'll, you'll learn you can live with this kind of body language, kind of attitude, etc. Uh, you will see that that type of approach uh, applied to this little filly in this cult starting series. 
And that's the exact same way you should go about a horse that, uh, you know, maybe they're spooky because they have a troubled past. Maybe they're spooky because they're just not sure about things, but it's all, it's all from the same root. It's lack of understanding, lack of confidence, unsureness, spookiness. It's all, it's all the same thing. So go in there and kind of watch that. Uh, one other really good one that will give a visual of this whole thing we've been talking about as far as the timing of the approach and the release and all that is there's another video called um, how to desensitize a horse to any object. And in the video, it's this, uh, I can't remember what color it was, but it's this horse where this lady said, yeah, I've taken all these different people and nobody has been able to uh, use clippers and clip a bridle path on him. So we made a video of it and uh, did the exact things that I talked about in this podcast. And at the end of the hour or whatever, uh, we were able to have him stand there with his head down and clip a, or trim a bridle path on him. So uh, go in and watch those two videos. Uh, and remember the the body language makes a really big difference. Like you'll watch somebody go up to a horse and they're not really, they're not really approaching this horse that may be scared or unsure as in the sense of, okay, I know you're a little unsure and I'm going to try not to overwhelm you here. They go in with the approach of, okay, make sure I breathe just the right way. Make sure I don't look him directly in the eye. Make sure, you know, make, make sure I just, don't make any big movements. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to upset him, but see, it's that kind of thinking that actually makes them more unsure because they pick up on that unsureness from the human and then they just get more spooky. So a lot of the times that could be the reason for it. Uh, you've got to go in there with the mindset that I know you're spooky. I know you're unsure and I'm going to work at the level you're at, but I'm also not going to wear kid gloves and I'm not going to try to not do anything to expose you to a little bit of unsureness. Because what a lot of people will do is instead of going in there and fixing the problem, they will just try to avoid it. Like, oh, well, um, this horse doesn't like it if you, uh, if you approach him from the right side. He pins his ears. You can only approach him from the left. So all they ever do is approach him from the left, and then they've got uh, they've got an issue there. Uh, so remember, it's important to not be unsure and afraid. There's a big difference in going in there with a timid type of body language versus going in there with, yeah, I know you're scared of, and I'm not going to do anything to make you just go crazy, but we are going to work on you getting over it. You know, kind of like that. So go in the uh, buckroocrew.com. You can watch those couple videos we talked about, and they will give a really good visual of it. So, Jennifer, I hope that helps you out, and anybody else listening, I uh, hope there was some stuff in there, maybe give you some ideas, uh, some things you can try out, maybe even uh, – Maybe change the way you think when you go to interact with a horse that's a little unsure. And a lot of the times, just simply that will dictate your actions and your body language. And you may see some huge improvements just from that. So uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. 
You've been listening to the Carson James Podcast. Real. Simple. Horsemanship. Subscribe now to get new questions answered every week. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, drop us a review and share it with your horsey friends. 